again, uh, like I mentioned earlier, but I'm Dave, I'm the lead pastor here at Connect Church, and if you're visiting with us this morning, it's great to have you here, and you've actually joined us on a wonderful Sunday because we are kicking off a brand new series. Uh, here at Connect, we like to teach through series, we like to take three, four, five weeks at a time and teach on a particular subject, so uh, we thought with February being the month of love, what better subject to speak on over the next four weeks than love itself? So we're going to talk about love, we're going to talk about relationships, we're going to talk about marriage. It's just going to be a great series called Making Love Stick. And I feel like it's a very timely Sunday to kick off because, as you know, this Tuesday is Valentine's Day. I hope you're all ahead of the game, you've bought the cards, you've ordered the flowers, you've done whatever it takes. Um, I'm always a little bit more ready on Valentine's Day because as well as being Valentine's Day, it is also my wedding anniversary. This Tuesday, February the 14th, is my wedding anniversary. Casey and I will be celebrating 19 happy years together. Pretty awesome, yeah. We've been married 23 years, but 19 were happy. So what better month, what better month to talk about love than February? Because we're kind of thinking about it, there are hearts around, you know, there are flowers, we're, we're seeing all these signs everywhere. And I want to just, uh, just say right here at the outset, because I'm worried that I've already lost some of you, because maybe you're here and you're single, and you're like, oh, this isn't for me, this is going to be for married people, or uh, maybe you've been married and uh, your, your marriage didn't work out, you're thinking, oh great, this is going to kind of bring back some hurt and some, some uh, pain from the past, but here's the thing, I think what you're going to find is over the next four weeks, that every one of us are going to be able to apply some of what we talk about. Whether you're single here this morning, whether you're married right now and things are going great, if you're married right now and maybe you're just struggling a bit, it's not easy. Maybe you're in, uh, uh, the product this morning of a, of a marriage that didn't work out. And you're looking back and, and that's behind you, but you're looking ahead now thinking, well, I want things to be different in the future. So wherever you find yourself this morning, I think you're going to find that this series, Making Love Stick, will be applicable to every single one of you. Now, the good news is, I happen to be very experienced on this subject. So uh, it's good that I'm teaching it because, you know, when it comes to, to love and marriage and relationships, you know, there are a lot of people that are very experienced. Now, normally, the experience these people bring to the table is that they have degrees and PhDs in counseling and psychology. Uh, my experience is a little different. My experience comes from the fact that I've just made so many mistakes that I'm figuring a lot out, okay? I've been married 19 years and I've learned a lot through that time, a lot of times through things I probably should, could have done differently. I could write a book, couldn't I, Case? I could write a book. She's nodding, yeah, she, he could write a book. In fact, just recently, uh, just this, this last couple of weeks, Case and I had a, a discussion. Um, we were discussing the situation because what had happened, I'll, I'll tell you this story and I asked Case if I could share this story this morning, she gave me permission. So, um, so I came home from work one day, and um, she had a long day. She'd been kind of, you know, busy, and uh, she'd you know, been doing stuff with the kids and that. So it's just kind of that evening time, and she was looking forward to just kind of an evening, the two of us there. And um, I, I sat down in my favorite chair, and I got my laptop out, and I just started to, you know, search around and do some stuff. And, and I thought I was okay. It wasn't work. 
you know, I was just kind of checking things out and looking online and just, you know, doing some stuff on the laptop. And uh, it got to about 9.30, and I started to get tired. In fact, I, I, I ran through this this morning with the case years. It was 9.17. So about 9.17, <laughs> if we're keeping score. 9.17, I was like, you know what? I'm actually a bit tired. I think I'm going to go to bed. She's like, it's 9.17. And I, I am. I'm an old man, okay? <laughs> I was like, it's been a long day. I was exhausted. So off I went to bed. So the next morning I get up and uh, we're just kind of hanging out in the kitchen. And I can tell that things are a little bit off. And I'm like, Case, is everything okay? Well, that was the wrong question right there because obviously I should have known why things weren't okay, but I didn't. So I was like, what's up? And she's like, well, you need me to tell you? I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, last night, you know, I was, I, all day long, I was just looking forward to you coming home and us spending some time together. And um, one of her love languages is that quality time. And she said, you know, and then, you know, once everything settled down, the kids went to bed, you were just sat there on your computer. And then at 9.17, you go to bed. I'm like, I'm sorry. Okay, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I get it. I get it. I'll, I'll do better. So the next day, I come home and uh, similar kind of thing. We sit down and I get the laptop out. And again, I'm not working. <laughs> You know, I'm just kind of doing stuff, and she's sat over here, I'm sat over here, and, uh, but this time I really pushed myself, and I stay up till 10.30. Yeah, so I'm thinking, nailed it. Go to bed, wake up the next morning, again, still seems to be a little bit, you know, maybe something's off. I'm like, well, is everything okay? She's like, no, because we talked about this the other day. I was like, I know, I remember, and I tried hard yesterday. She goes, well, you didn't really, did you? I was like, I did. I stayed up till 10.30. She said, do you really think it was about what time you went to bed? Do you think that's why I was upset? And I said, well, yeah, because you said to me you're upset because I went to bed at 9.30. She goes, well, I know I said that, but you've got to read between the lines. I said, why? Why do I have to read? She's like, that's not really why I was upset. I was like, well, why? why? And the husband's here this morning. I said, seriously, Why? And we kind of were laughing and joking about it because I'm like, why, we, why do I have to be like a secret agent and decode things? Why can't you just tell me, like, this is the deal? So I kind of misunderstood. I thought the problem was I'd gone to bed early. That was nothing to do with it. It wasn't going to bed early. It was the fact that I was present, but not really present. She just wanted, <laughs> yes. <laughs> some loud amens here from the wives in the room. They're like, I, I know it, preach it. That's the, that's the message early, over. Okay, hi, husbands. Go home and do better in that area. Um, <laughs> But the crazy thing is, and maybe you feel this in your relationship, you know, you're thinking, why doesn't he get what I'm saying? Or why doesn't she understand? How? And, and we have this kind of disconnect, don't we? And I think the reason that happens is because we're different, aren't we? Men and women are different. They really are. The way they, they think emotionally and the way they um, respond. And, and this isn't a sexist statement. I'm not saying that one is better than the other. I'm just saying we are different. And sometimes that can lead to, to confusion and, and um, misunderstandings. And sometimes relationally, it can make things tough. And if we're all honest here this morning, if we're in a relationship, um, the truth is that at times we say, you know, actually it requires some work, this relationship. It requires a little bit of work because of these differences. So this morning, I want to kick off this series with kind of an introduction message of what I think is probably at the heart of most of the relational issues, most of the relational conflicts that if you're married here this morning, you probably run into. What is it that causes those, those relational conflicts, those misunderstandings, those difficulties, those arguments, that tension? 
What is it that causes this? You see, over the coming weeks, we're going to learn that Jesus himself and a lot of the other writers in the Bible, they had a lot to say about this subject. In fact, whether you believe the Bible is true or not this morning, there is some great truth in it. There are some principles that if you were to apply them in your life can revolutionize your relationships. And as we start to look through some of these verses, we start to look at what some of these writers say and what Jesus himself taught, we're going to realize that it can change our relationships. So let me start out on week one by just kind of really simply sharing what I think is one of the the big um, problems in every relationship. I struggle with it in my relationship, and I'm sure many of you do too. And I think this will be a great place to start, a great introduction to kind of build out from this morning. So I'm going to use some some props here this morning to kind of illustrate this situation, okay? So um, uh, I think one of the issues is, okay, so when we first get married or when we first meet that person that we love, we have all these desires, don't we? When you first meet that person, when you're courting, when you're getting engaged, when you're about to be married, you've you've got these desires and that's great, God put these desires in every one of us. They're the dreams, the the visions, the imagination we have of what this relationship will be. We imagine that one day we've we've got this picture in our mind of the house that we'll live in. It'll be a wonderful house and we'll get married and we'll be in this beautiful house and I can picture the the white picket fence and the yard and it's just going to be a wonderful house and um, we have an idea of, uh, you know, at some point in our marriage, we're going to grow as a family Some kids are going to come along, and and we've got these desires. You know, some of us have got an idea of when we want these kids to come along. Some have got an idea of how many kids are going to come along. Some of us have even figured out what we want, two boys, one girl. I've got it all figured out. These These are my desires coming into this relationship. You know, some of us have these desires and these dreams and these visions based on what we know growing up. So some of us, maybe we've got these desires and these dreams. You know, my wife, she's going to be great. I know exactly what her role is going to be because that was what my mum did. So I'm sure that's what my wife's going to do. And I know that doesn't cause any problems in any relationships at all. But we've got these ideas, you know, and these, these visions and these dreams. And, and one day, you know, I'm going to earn enough money that I'm going to get that really nice car, you know. And uh, my wife's going to let me get it, that red sports car, because I let her get the suburb instead of the minivan because that was her desire. You know, we've got all these dreams and, and uh, we're, we're kind of this vision of what our wonderful marriage is going to be like. Um, all the, uh, the men in the room this morning, they've got this uh, desire of um, what their wife will never wear to bed. <laughs> they have these visions and they imagine, you know, my wife will never wear anything like this to bed. And the women, they have these desires and dreams thinking, you know what, if I wear this to bed, he'll still love me just as much because his love for me is unconditional and it's just so comfy and I like to sleep in it. So, uh, you know, these desires, we've got desires when it comes to money, how much we'll have, how much we'll spend, who will be in control of it. And these are our desires going in to marriage and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with having desires and dreams and vision. And, and every one of us, when we come together to the altar, we have two people with a, with a little box of desires walking down the aisle together. And we begin this relationship together. We begin this marriage together with these desires and these dreams. And then reality kind of kicks in, doesn't it? Maybe that, that house we imagined, it, it didn't kind of come about as quickly as we were hoping Maybe it turns out that your desires and your, what you imagined for your wife may have been different for her. It causes some conflict and some tension. And the problem we face is because these desires, 
We each have our own set, don't we? We each have our own desires and dreams coming into this marriage. And, and what we start to realize very quickly is that there's a very big I in our relationship. I want this. I want this. I, I want our marriage to be this. I, and this is okay because we, this is the only context we have. Coming into a relationship, I, I only know what um, life was like growing up in my family. So this is what I want. This is what I want. But suddenly when you have two eyes together, they start to bump into each other. Well, well, I want this. Well, I don't care if you want that. I want this. I want you to work so I can get that red sports car. Well, I want to stay home. And these eyes start to bump, don't they? Because these desires and dreams, what's happened? And, and for some of us, it happens maybe several years into our relationship. For some of us, it can happen very soon. For some of us, it literally, we walked down the aisle with this box, and we walked back out of the aisle with this box. This box says expectations. And suddenly, instead of dreams and desires, they, they become expectations. Well, I want you to do this. I expect you to provide so I can have this. And before we know it, our desires start to become expectations. And it can change the way the marriage is. It's very subtle, but those dreams and those desires and that, that wonderful ideal that we had walking into this relationship suddenly goes from, from desires to expectations. And the whole culture of the marriage changes. And I want to talk about that this morning. Because you see, when desires turn into expectations, the relationship goes more into being like a debt-debtor relationship. Well, you need to do this for me. I expect you to do this. You owe it to me to provide. You owe it to me to keep the house clean. And the romance and the intimacy, it starts to erode. Because what started as a covenant turns into a contract. And what started as unconditional starts to become conditional. And at the root of the majority of the conflicts in our relationship, it comes back to this letter right here, doesn't it? I. And it's a big I. In most of our relationships, it's a very big I that can get in the way. So what is the solution to this problem? How do we resolve this? How do we get everything out of the expectations box and back into the desires box? How do we do that? How do we get it away from being expectations and desires? And then how do we get it from being my desire to saying, what can I do to help you achieve your desires, your dreams? What can I do for you, for your desires? You see, the way to make all this happen depends on one thing, and that's the answer to this question. The question is, what do you believe your spouse owes you? What are your expectations? What do you believe your spouse owes you? Now, before we answer this question, I do have to kind of throw something out here. So what I'm going to share here is from the context of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So this morning, if you're just visiting, you've not yet made that decision to, to really give your heart and life to Jesus, to follow him. We've talked about baptism coming up in a few weeks' time. Maybe you've never done that. You've never kind of made that step of commitment to say, I want to get baptized. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that's you this morning, you can choose to say, you know what? I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like the advice you're giving. And that's absolutely fine. But if you are here this morning 
and you are a follower of Jesus, we're going to talk about what Jesus himself taught, what Paul taught when he wrote to the uh, church in Ephesus on the idea of relationships when it comes to the letter I. And you know, from what we're going to learn this morning, we're going to discover that the answer to this question From the context of being a follower of Jesus, the answer to this question, what do you believe your spouse owes you? The answer is absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Some of you are going to struggle with this concept. And and just stick with me, okay? Because as I go through, you're going to start to see how God has put this in place and actually how this can become like a breakthrough in your relationship. This can actually change the way you relate to one another. So let me explain what I mean by this. Because some of you this morning may have made the mistake and said, well, we are followers of Jesus. We do have what I would call a Christian marriage. And maybe your idea of a Christian marriage is that um, because you're a Christian, because you're a follower of Jesus, you know the scripture, so you are able to use that scripture in that marriage. You actually use it like little darts. You've got, you've, you know the verses. And you know what they are. The Bible says you're supposed to love me unconditionally. (laughs) Well, you know what? The Bible says you're supposed to submit to me. (laughs) You know, that's not a Christian marriage using scripture like little darts. All that is is an eye wearing a cross around its neck. It's still an eye problem where you're supposed to do this. and Well, the Bible says that you're supposed to do this for me. You owe me. No, you owe me. (laughs) And Paul, we're going to discover, turns all of this upside down. He turns it all upside down. And he writes to a church in Ephesus, and he's talking about marriage, and he's talking about relationships. And as we look at these verses together this morning, some of which I think you'll recognize, but as we dig a little bit deeper, I think you're going to see that that this is the problem. And if we can get this out of the way, it can change our relationships. So what's Paul saying in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21? He says, and further, submit, we love that word, don't we? Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So let's pause just a second here and and try and figure out what Paul's saying. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So what does reverence mean? Reverence is to revere, to say, you are amazing, Paul's saying, I know some of you want to revere Jesus. Some of you are just in that place where you fully understand what Jesus did for you. You fully get it. You know that Jesus loved you so much. This is what we celebrate this morning, communion. He loved you so much that he laid down his life for you. And these people in Ephesus and and us this morning, we're like, I get it. Jesus loved me so much. Jesus, I'm ready. I will do anything. Let me show my love for you. How can I, how can I pay you back? How can I show you how grateful I am? I, out of reverence for you, what should I do? And Paul says, submit to one another. Okay, what else could I do? Is there, is there something else I could do? Maybe I could give a little bit more. How about 11%? Maybe I could do a missions trip. I'll, I'll join the setup team. Jesus, you're awesome. You did so much. I'll, I'll come here early on a Sunday morning to help set up. Is there anything else I could do? And Jesus and Paul says, no. If you want to show reverence for Christ, if you want to show your gratitude for all he's done to you, then submit to one another. And we're like, that's tough though. That's hard to do because this kind of gets in the way sometimes because I... I've got some some expectations. I've got some things that I want. 
And if I submit to someone else, it, it kind of goes against this, this idea in my life. But Jesus is saying, you see, that's, that's what grace is. That's what it means. I, I gave up everything. I gave up my life for you. You don't have to do anything. I've not come and said, so because I gave up my life for you, let me tell you what you owe me. Grace says that because Jesus gave up his life for us, he loved us so much that we don't need to do anything in return. That's what grace is. It's God's free gift to us. So Jesus says, you know how you don't owe me anything? Well, I want you to do the same in your relationships. Stop looking at them like a contract where you need to do this for me and then I'll do this for you. Love your spouse the way I loved you. So Paul goes on to explain this a little more practically to each member of the relationship. In verse 22, he says, For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Now, some of you have heard that verse before. I would guess that most of the men in the room have heard that verse before because you've memorized it. You've printed it out. You've laminated it. You've put it on the fridge. You, you pointed it from time to time. Hey, remember what it says. Submit to me. You know, Paul wasn't talking to the husbands here. This wasn't a verse for you and for me. This was a verse for the wives. Paul was saying the way you can show reverence to Christ, the way you can honor Jesus, is to consider the desires of your husband above yours. Is to, to get the eye down and say, okay, I want to look to what your desires are and I, I want to help you achieve your desires. And the guys are like, I love it. Let's just stop right there. But Paul doesn't stop there, does he? He carries on. In verse 25, he says, for husbands, okay, so this is pretty equal. You know, I've got some advice for the ladies. I've got some advice for the guys as well. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. Paul's saying, you want to know how much you should love your wife? You want to know in what way you should love your wife? Well, in the same way that Jesus showed love for you, he laid down his life for you. I think you can lay down your laptop for an hour and spend some quality time with your wife. But I was, I'd had a long day. I wanted to just do some research. I wanted to catch up on the excitement of Facebook because a lot's happened since the 10 minutes ago when I checked last. <laughs> but Paul's saying, you want to know how to love? Then you're going to have to go against the I and look for the desires in one another. In the same way that God showed his love in that Jesus gave up his life, that's how you are to submit to one another. You see, I don't know if you've ever thought about this before, but I was studying this passage this week, and, and here's the conclusion I've come to when I read these verses. You see, I believe God loves every one of you here this morning. I believe he wants you to experience his love in your life in a real and tangible way. I honestly do believe that God's plan, his intention is for you to experience his love in reality in your life. And some of us think, well, I do, Dave. I do. Sometimes I'm driving along and it's the end of the day and I see this glorious sunset. And just for a moment, I think, oh, God, you're amazing. Or there'll be a song that we sing at church on Sunday and I just, oh, yes, God. I get these tingles and, and I know that God loves me. And, but I don't think that's the kind of love. I think that's great. But I, say, I think God's saying, no, I want you to really fully understand my love for you. In fact, let me show you how you can experience that. Because if you will live together in a relationship, 
in a marriage following the advice that Paul here has given, you will get to experience the kind of love that I have for you. You'll experience that sacrificial, that, that love, that, that love that has no debt or debtor, just that, that gift love. Paul is wanting us to experience that kind of love in our marriages, in our relationships. But it means setting down the eye. And here's where the struggle comes in, doesn't it? Because the reality is, I think every one of us is thinking, but what if? What if I do that and he takes advantage of it? What if I say, honey, you, you, you do that. You, you go ahead and do that. And he does. I, I mean, I was saying he could do it, but I still need him to do this. Or what if she says, you, you know, you're fine. Dave, you spend some time on the laptop. You've had a busy day. Oh, no, Case, I, really, I want to sit and just be with you and talk and communicate. No, 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 no. No, you be on the laptop. No, 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 no. You, you. And an argument ensues. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> no, you. No, you. No, no, you. No. I meet with couples a lot. Casey and I meet with couples a lot. And normally it's because there's difficulties in their life. I haven't yet met with a couple who are like, I keep trying to prefer him. And I keep trying to, you know, really um, allow him to, to reach his desires. But she keeps arguing. And she argues because, no, no, she wants me to meet my desires. And we just need, it's after you. No, after you. No, after you. And we can never even get through the door. I don't hear those arguments very often because I think there's that fear, isn't there, that if we lay down the eye, what if I'm taken advantage of? But the truth is, I think God is teaching us something here about his love. I think Jesus, when he laid down his life for us, was teaching us something about the power of love and grace. You see, up to the point of Jesus' death and resurrection, the, um, the Jews, they'd follow what was called the law. It was rules and regulations. In fact, Jesus talks about it like chains, like it was a, a burden to have to follow the law. And he says, when I came, my love, it set people free from that burden. I can remember growing up, um, there was a book I had, it's called Aesop's Fables. Maybe you've heard of it, and it was a bunch of different stories. And uh, one was the tortoise and the hare, if you're familiar with that one. One was the boy that cried wolf. Uh, and there was one about the sun and the wind that were having an argument one day about who was more powerful. The sun was saying, well, obviously, I am more powerful. And wind's like, no way, I'm more powerful. Look at what I can do. So they have this wager. They say, well, you see that guy down there with his coat on? The wind says, I bet I can blow his coat right off. And the sun says, no way. He goes, I can get his coat off before you can. So they have this wager. So the wind, it blows and it blows and, and the, the, in an effort to blow this man's coat off. But the more the wind blows and the harder it blows, the man actually pulls the coat tighter around him. Does it up tighter and holds onto it tighter. So the sun says, well, let me have a go. The wind dies down and the sun just starts to shine. And the warmth of the sun just starts to come down upon this man as he's walking along. And he gets warmer and warmer. And suddenly, before you know it, he's taken the coat off. I think that's how love works. I think sometimes we're fearful that if we choose to put our spouse's desires over and above us, if we choose to say, I want to, um, I want to show God's love to you by, by, by helping you reach your desires. It's like the sun shining. It has an impact on someone. When we have these expectations and we argue and we nag at times, it can be like the wind and, and actually it causes people to hold on tighter. But sometimes the sun, that's the power that love can have in a relationship. 
And I know it can be difficult sometimes to say, well, but if I just give up the I, if I live for my spouse, if I live for their desires, but I think that's what Paul was teaching us in that verse. Do you want to know what it's like to revere Christ? Do you want to know what it looks like to have reverence and to worship Jesus? Then submit to one another. This works in marriages. This works in all relationships. Put the other person's needs before yours. And I believe as you start to do that, and your spouse starts to do that, they'll, they'll reciprocate. And you'll be putting one another's needs before one another. So we want to help you do this over the next few weeks. Um, if you were with us recently, there was a series we did on uh, finances called Spent. And what I loved the most about doing that fi- series is we were talking about finances, we were talking about debt, we were talking about saving money. Throughout the series, we were able to um, keep pointing people towards this Dave Ramsey class that we're starting tomorrow night. So we're starting this financial peace class tomorrow night, and we've got over 30 people that have signed up for that class. Now, I think some of those people would have signed up anyway, but I think some, because of what we were teaching on, felt God's kind of challenge them and say, I want to change that area of my life. So as we go through this series, Making Love Stick, we're going to start to unpack and introduce to you a brand new uh, strategy that we're developing here at Connect that is focused purely on married people. You know that we have some wonderful people that oversee our kids' area and our preschool. We have a group that oversees our teenagers. Well, we're going to start developing this group, this, this area that's going to focus specifically on married people. And we're going to have events. We're going to have different things that will go on through the year. There'll be emails that you'll get. And every single one of them will be to help enhance your relationships, will be to help your marriage grow. So coming up in a few weeks, we're going to do the very first event, and it's going to be a date night. And it's real simple, and uh, you can sign up if you want to be a part of this, okay? You can sign up through the app. There's a little button you can go and just uh, click on that and give us your name and email, and we'll let you know the details. There's a table in the foyer if you want to find out more. But basically, there's a date coming up at the end of February, and you and your spouse, you're going to come along to the Connect Center, and we're going to have a bag for you. It's going to have some coupons for some restaurants. It's going to have some cards for some discussion questions, and we want you to have a date night. We want you to go out and just have dinner together. Maybe you'll talk about some of the things we've talked about in this series. Maybe you'll you'll bring up the question list. What's that I look like in our relationship? What were were your desires when we first met? and, And how have they turned to expectations? How can I help you move these back to desires and dreams again? But that's coming up soon, and we want you to um, sign up for that if you're interested in learning more about that. I think it's gonna be a really fun night. We'll tell you more about it over the next few weeks. But there'll be other events coming up and other things because we honestly, we, we feel, and, and having the connection that we can do some things now that we've not been able to do before, we believe that God is passionate about families and about marriages. And as a church, we don't want to be like a hospital that's always dealing with the, the problems in the marriage. We want to start investing into couples and investing into marriages and helping head off the problems before they even arrive. Because we love you guys, and we love your kids, and we love you as families. So we want to do whatever we can to pour into those families. But the first thing, I think, for all of us is maybe to, to have that conversation. Case and I are actually going away for a couple of days for our anniversary, so we'll probably talk a lot. <laughs> it's always such fun talking on this subject, because <laughs> I just know that my wife's here, and she's like, okay, that was good. I really enjoyed what you said. Let's start doing that. <laughs> So let's pray together this morning, shall we?
Father, I love the people who come here and call Connect Church their home. And the reality is, Lord, that every Sunday, uh, you know, you can stand in the foyer and see a lot of smiling faces, a lot of happy families. But the truth is, Lord, that every one of us, we have difficulties in our relationships. We have our ups and our downs. We have our good times and our bad times. Maybe some of us came into our relationships with a lot of desires and dreams and they didn't pan out the way they, we thought they would. God, I believe, Lord, that you want to be in our relationships. I want to believe you want to help us live wonderful relationships. I believe you want to be the center of our relationships. And we're going to learn more about that in a very practical way over the next three weeks. But this morning, Lord, help us get rid of the I in our relationships. I expect this. I you owe me this. And help us live for the loved one in our life, to look for their desires, to see how we can prefer them in our lives. Because I think, Jesus, you demonstrated that to us, Lord. You showed us that's what life, love was like when you gave up your life for us. So a reverence to you, help us to submit to one another. In Jesus' name.